your eyes and your vision are under attack, damaging blue light from the sun. Your phone, your computer, your tablet, even light bulbs and car headlights is constantly bombarding you. The good news is our eyes actually already have a line of defense to counter the effects of blue light. This defense is made up of three pigments called carotenoids. MacuHealth with Micromicel, the only supplement with the exclusive patent on all three macular carotenoids and Micromicel technology. The All Eyes Visual VRP is a portable vision testing platform that includes visual fields, acuity, color vision testing, pupillometry, and extraocular motility. The visual leverages virtual reality, artificial intelligence, and augmented technologies to enable eye care providers to test for and monitor common eye diseases. Visit alleyes.com for more information. With more screen usage and indoor time, myopia, also known as nearsightedness, is increasing and getting worse in children. Now, certified eye doctors can prescribe my sight one day, the first and only FDA-approved soft contact lens to slow myopia progression in age-appropriate children. Visit coopervision.com to find a Brilliant Futures certified eye doctor near you. Do your patients know what presbyopia is? There are people who are afraid of the press. Have you talked to your patients about multifocal contact lenses? I've heard the bifocal, but not right, multifocal. Do you need help with your multifocal strategy? Learn more at the conclusion of this episode. Welcome back to part two of my interview with Dr. Marina Green. In this episode, Dr. Green explains the clinical health benefits of omega-3s. If you're new here and you like our interviews, press like, subscribe, share, and hit the bell. Also, please leave comments. Be sure to watch our full-length documentary, Open Your Eyes, on Amazon Prime, Apple TV, iTunes, Google Play, and YouTube Movies and Shows. And tune in to our brand new radio show, Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. Central Time on AM 1280, The Patriot. Let's talk about that again. If you could go into some detail about, uh, let's go back to brain function. Give me some detail a little bit about brain function with the carotenoids together to uh, help with the decrease and make decrease in uh, memory, Alzheimer's, uh, and then we'll go to cardiometabolic. So let's go a little bit detail in each one if we can. Yeah, absolutely. So um, it, it actually started with the different research done um, in carotenoids for the eye and understanding what was happening in the retina with this um, really extraordinary high concentrations of, of lutein cysanthin and mesocysanthin in the macula. And then because the macula obviously is, um, is a neural tissue, then the researchers understood that there, there must be something happening in the, in the brain. And then all this research um, started to occur in, um, in, in monkeys in, uh, to understand what was happening in the brain in post-mortem. Um, samples to evaluate the concentrations. And then um, Professor Liz Johnson in a big study in, this, in the US, uh, not, a, not a big in terms of a sample size, but big in terms of uh, the importance, they analyzed um, post-mortem brains of um, patients over, over 100 years old. And they mapped the, those um, samples with in vivo studies of their, their cognition. 
And what they found is patients with higher concentrations of carotenoids, lutein and cysanthine in the brain had better performance in their cognition in, when, in, in their elderly period. Um, and then there, from there, other studies started to, to show as well improvements of quality of life and working memory in um, elderly patients um, and in patients with um, Alzheimer's. Now, Alzheimer's is a very complicated disease and having a cohort of Alzheimer's patients uh, and following that cohort with an intervention is extremely complicated. So sample sizes of these uh, studies are very limited, are, are small samples, which always causes a, a, a difficulty in, in analyzing the data. Well, what these studies have shown is that intervention with carotenoids and in other studies, intervention with carotenoids with omegas improve um, working memory and improve the, the appreciation of these uh, patients and their carers that they are improving in their, in their um, quality of life. Now, I know this is, there is really doesn't seem to be any standard dose, but in your mind, this is something that you've thought about quite a bit. What do you think is a good preventative dose to take every day of omegas? And should you take it in a capsule? Would you take it in a liquid? Or do you think it doesn't matter? Yeah, that's, I think, the, the, the biggest um, discussion to have. Um, how much and how? Like you, you said before, there's no, there's no, there's no um, evidence in, in terms of recommendations. The, there's no proper guidelines of how much do we need to take. But I, in my experience, I would be recommending a, a dosage above the, the gram. So we're talking here about between one to two grams of uh, DHA and EPA. Now, other small, other studies have also shown effects. Um, at dosages of 800 milligrams. So for example, in, in our center at the Nutrition Research Center, um, Ireland with Professor John Nolan, they have conducted studies with smaller dosages, uh, doses of um, the DHA and EPA, uh, and they've proven effect. And how about ratio uh, to EPA to DHA? Uh, you do you, you like uh, what's in typically in nature, maybe a two thirds ratio or correct. Uh, what, 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 what do you have a feeling on that? Um, not really. Uh, there, there are studies that have used uh, one gram of EPA and one gram of, of DHA, but there, there are also many studies that have kept the natural ratio of two thirds, so um, to, to DHA and, and EPA. Um, I would stick to the natural ratio. I think um, our body needs more DHA than EPA. Um, I know EPA is very important for the eye and we, we support EPA for a specific interventions, but I, I would stick to the natural ratio. The natural ratio of two, two thirds. Correct. Okay. And uh, so when we look at uh, cardiometabolic disease, there's been a number of studies to show that people that take uh, up to four grams actually of uh, EPA alone decrease the risk of cardiovascular disease by about 25%. 
Oh, and there was one with EPA, DHA, uh, which was about, you know, between 15 and about 20% uh, decrease. And that was with EPA, DHA, but that was with what we call in the United States, ethyl ester form of EPA or the prescription, uh, the, the SEPA and, and uh, the, and, uh, uh, prescription, but that's not something that, that typically is used where you are. So Correct. if, uh, if you could talk about cardiometabolic disease and some of the studies and, and how you look at for, uh, primary prevention and secondary prevention, and even if there's not any great studies, what do you think is something that, you know, sometimes we have to make decisions, even if we don't have great randomized control studies. Absolutely. I, I completely agree with you, Carrie. And I think that's part of my, my conclusion um, and that I'd like to um, talk about at the end is, is exactly that science science um, is important. It, it maps the way. But when we're talking about an individual, we have to understand at an individual level um, instead of limiting the, the opportunity of using all these different interventions because it wasn't proven in X or Y study. First of all, we have to understand that, that the reason why we develop very strict um, high level of evidence studies in these so-called randomized clinical trials and why we trust them so much is was because of the pharmaceutical industry um, for the, for the um, interventions of drugs. So for the implementation of specific drugs. That's the reason why they, they are conducted with such a strict um, logistics around uh, sample size, adverse events, um, efficacy, etc. So the, the fact that we are measuring nutrition in an epidemiolog epidemiological study doesn't mean that it, it's any less, anyway less than a highly strict, uh, high level of evidence randomized clinical trial. So that's what's happening. I, that, I, I think that's a very important comment that you made on um, the different studies. The, the fact that we are doing epidemiological studies by default makes it um, uh, a lower level of evidence and makes it a, a bit harder to analyze and, and generalize the information. So what we've seen in these cardiometabolic diseases, I'm gonna talk specifically about um, heart attacks, stroke, atherosclerosis, and diabetes, coronary heart disease. Um, there have been a lot of studies and there's been a lot of um, analysis of the uh, studies of the studies and the conclusion in terms of um, guidelines and recommendations by the American Heart Association, for example, um, is for particularly secondary prevention. So we're talking about a person that already has a disease, for example, heart attack or heart failure and the mortality and hospitalizations decrease in these patients when they are supplemented with omegas. Studies that are, that are in diabetic patients or in patients with um, high risk to develop cardiovascular diseases, for example, obese, a patient with high, cardiovascular disease, uh, with high risk of cardiovascular disease would mean somebody that has uh, obesity, 
um, hypertension and abnormal glucose, for example. So three, three important risk factors and high cholesterol, that's the fourth one. Um, intervention or supplementation with omegas hasn't shown in this uh, analysis of the analysis of the studies. But if, you, if we look into particular studies, um, some, like you've said, like you mentioned, some studies have shown a very good reduction in um, the development of progression of the disease or in um, morbidity, so the complications of the disease. The uh, if I can just jump in here. So I just want to yes, go over the study further. One is called the reduced study, which was four grams of EPA in ethyl ester form, which is Vesepa, and that was versus mineral oil for 4.9 years. And it showed a, an outcome of ischemic events, including cardiovascular death, which was a 25% lower reduction in the EPA in the EPA group, because that's EPA only. And then there was an and then there was another study called the Vital Study, where they use Lavaza, which is EPA plus DHA, and it re, and they own, and they use 840 milligrams of EPA and DHA, and it reduced uh, MIs or heart attacks by 28 percent, and reduced total uh, coronary heart disease by 17 percent, especially in people who had low that had, were low fish. Uh, participants and lower triglycerides by about 15%. So uh, uh, Vesepa, which is EPA only, is made by Amarin in US, which is prescription only. And it's about, if you don't have insurance, it's about $400 a month. And the vital study, which is a combination of EPA and DHA, is the uh, Lavaza product, which uh, is also prescription, which is GSK, which also is around $400 a month if you don't have uh, insurance. And those are both ethyl ester products. But uh, you, we're also talking about triglyceride products. And I that's something that's big in the United States. And triglyceride products, there are many studies that show that they're absorbed much better than the ethyl ester products and that we could actually do better with the triglyceride products you know, obviously these are big studies and the, and the big farmer has a lot of money to do these studies where the companies right. that make the triglyceride products tend to be smaller, uh, you know, supplement companies and don't have the, uh, the funds to be able to do these randomized controlled trials. So I just wanted to interrupt for a second. I was, and, I, and if you could continue with your point, I just wanted to make sure I got that right. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yep, yeah, that's like, that's, Perfect. Thank you for for um, commenting on that, Carrie. Um, I'll. Uh, so, there, we need to be careful here on on the studies that we're talking about. I I suppose my angle is from a very safe place as a practitioner, from you know. Um, guidelines and uh, recommendations, particularly from the American Heart Association. Now, from, a, from the public perspective, there are many small studies, like you said, that they're very valuable, that are properly conducted, that have shown excellent uh, results on the, um, the intervention, the supplementation with, with omegas. And it seems like even doses um, just under the gram are, are good enough. And, and that's 
coming back to the conversation of our nutrition, and we have to look at the individual. If you have a person that has low diet, that has low concentration, will, will benefit more than somebody that, that already has a very good diet, for example. Yeah, because uh, Bill Harris showed that if you're using uh, triglyceride, you could use uh, less of a dose than if you're using ethyl ester. And if we could talk a little bit about dry eye, I know that you're an internist, and there's a lot of studies on dry eye and omega, and most of them show a benefit. But if you could explain a little bit about some of the research that you're interested in. Sure. So I, I put in dry eye because I know you're very interested in, the, in dry eye and you've talked about this before. So I um, let that one, that third point for you. But the, ne the next th uh, three points are kind of trying to consolidate the previous slide on all the different health claims that they're, they're, out, they're, they're out there. So one is about the, um, the kind of the core element is anti-inflammation. So um, there, are, for example, muscle recovery and strength has also has also to do with inflammation. So the the muscle breaks and there's some sort of inflammation, and the omegas help in, in that recovery, um, which is a very not not ex not exactly by no means what not the same as what happens with rheumatoid, rheumatoid arthritis, for example, as an autoimmune disease. But they do control inflammation. Um, and then that will lead me to why are they important in terms of their mechanism of action in cardiometabolic diseases. And that's because they help in the process of inflammation, oxidative stress. They control that negative cycle that, if, if, uh, that otherwise will progress to structural damage and eventually the disease, which, which is, in all cases is irreversible. And there has been uh, some studies that show with omegas that uh, they decrease inflammatory biomarkers such as C-reactive protein, IL-6, yeah. and, and, and maybe you might comment on some of that, even some bone-related inflammatory markers. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think um, that, that uh, the comment on the biomarkers fits perfectly well in this slide, which I'm trying to show that there is a spectrum so all these metabolic diseases from um, uh, degeneration, aging, and uh, antioxidant uh, stress, oxidative stress are all related with the same common origin of um, oxidative stress and inflammation, and they share um, the the, or the initial steps of the of the pathophysiology, and. More specifically, some of them can share the biomarkers, inflammatory biomarkers, and others will have a specific biomarkers that will present, per, for example, in, in, in dementia or in uh, cardiovascular disease. So there, there are different um, biomarkers, C-reactive uh, um, protein, CRP is one of them. Homocysteine is another molecule that has been shown, particularly for cardiovascular disease, that um, has a, a good um, pro progno prognosis uh, uh, in terms of outcome, a good uh, evaluation of the outcome. And homocysteine can change as well with uh, supplementation with omegas. Um, it, other interleukins uh, related to 
inflammation, so such as interleukin IL-1, IL-6, have also been uh, shown that they modif they are modified by by omegas. So uh, omegas also decrease uh, platelet aggregation and uh, bleeding time uh, could be affected. Now, do we have to worry about side effects if we take omegas about uh, about bleeding? Well, again, um, there are studies that you have the counterpart. So we were talking about the studies that have shown proper effects and benefits, benefits but there are also studies that uh, they, they haven't shown any benefits of, of omegas um, in, in primary prevention, which probably is where we are more interested at the moment. The, the, the idea is to obviously focus all our resources, uh, research and, and economic resources in primary prevention. Um, and they have shown some adverse events. But again, not enough to, to um, have a strong recommendation not to have uh, supplementation with omegas. So no, they might, my answer would be no. We, there's no need to be worried of um, the, 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 some reported adverse events such as um, bleeding because, because there's not enough evidence for that. Now again, um, that's where I want to get to. We have to understand that this is about the individual. So we're talking, if, if you tell me it's, a, it's an elderly patient with high risk of a brain hemorrhage that is already taking blood thinner medication, then probably the recommendation would be avoid them. You know, because I know there were some studies that showed that uh, omegas and people who uh, had surgery had less deep uh, deep vein thrombosis and pulmonary, pulmonary embolisms. And there was actually a study that showed that after open heart surgery, uh, that there was less bleeding and less need for a transfusion. So it, it gets very, it gets, it gets very complex because on one hand in the United States, if you go for surgery, they're going to tell you to stop everything, including the omegas. But uh, on the other hand, there's been some studies to show that is protective. Exactly, yeah. And then there's all the studies, for example, in terms of the adverse events that have shown that increases the risk of um, atrial fibrillation, for example. So I think we, we cannot focus um, on the adverse events in, in terms of um, the negative aspects of, of the omegas because it, it's about particularly talking uh, in the at an individual level um, and like you said there there are small studies the same the same as I wouldn't jump up and down with the other study that you mentioned of these fantastic benefits of reducing 25% of mortality and you have kind of the very, very positive ones and the very, very negative ones that I think they, they kind of cancel each other out. And we are left with a very good evidence that um, supplementation with omegas is, is beneficial, particularly for uh, specific conditions, for example, uh, mental health, um, eye conditions, cognition, um, cardiovascular diseases. I do have to ask you about the SELECT trial. 
uh, if you're familiar with it, that it showed that in this trial that it increased the risk of prostate cancer. Now there's been some people, the experts in the area have refuted it and they felt it was because of the, uh, of, of the vitamin E that they gave uh, too much alpha tocopherol that blocked uh, and depleted gamma, gamma tocopherol and that it would had to do more with something with that than it had to do with the omega uh, in that uh, in that paper by Bratsky. And I was wondering if you had a comment on on that. I wouldn't know about that uh, particularly trial. Um, it's called the select trial. So I just thought I'd bring it up. So maybe I have. Um, sure, but that that has more to do with. Um, it was a multi risk factor study on cardiovascular disease and um, lower lip, lowering lipid lowering drugs. Was it? I believe so. Yes, it was a very yeah. complex, and that was just kind of a. Uh, you know, a, 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 like a red herring finding, I believe. But um, yeah, I, I think we. I know that study by the by the effects of the the what they showed in terms of the the outcomes of cardiovascular disease um, uh, and the the um, lipid lowering drugs. What? But the secondary analysis, I don't know if they if they did anything with omegas. So, all right, I just thought I might, I might bring them just in case you were familiar with it. The All Eyes Visual All VRP is a portable vision testing platform that includes visual fields, acuity, color vision testing, pupillometry, and extraocular motility. The visual leverages virtual reality, artificial intelligence, and augmented technologies to enable eye care providers to test for and monitor common eye diseases. Visit alleyes.com for more information. MacuHealth, your science-born and tested solutions for visual performance, macular degeneration, and dry eye syndrome. New products coming soon. Embrace the science. So talk about some of the, about this slide that you have up right now. Yeah, I think when we're talking about this controversy, omegas are in big controversy. Are they useful? Are they not? Are they ethically sourced? Are they not? Um, we have talked about the nature of the of the studies, which are epidemiological, and that by immediately by default puts the puts a boundary for high quality of evidence, and hence they are uh, treated in a in, in a different manner, more in a very strict. Uh, they go through a very strict scrutiny, as if they were being evaluating um, a pharmaceutical new drug, for example and hence why they can be considered low quality of evidence. And the point of this is that when they um, do these big analysis, which are called meta-analysis, and probably you're familiar with the Cochrane uh, meta-analysis, because they're considered as low quality of evidence, they don't get to um, get into the proper analysis. They're, they are put into a lower level and, and kind of a lower score. And hence we don't see this uh, important recommendations to go ahead and, and supplement. And the, press, the, the, the point of the contradictory studies is because we're not analyzing the sample, the population. You mentioned in a study, I, I don't remember which one, but you said some studies showed better effect in patients with lower or higher concentrations of triglycerides. 
when you start analyzing your population like that, and you understand that this population has lower concentrations or lower intake of their diet, for example, a very a study you'll be very familiar with would be the ARITS. So ARITS too showed in a secondary analysis that um, the intervention with lutein and zeaxanthin uh, impacted on lower uh, progression of the disease, particularly in patients with the, with the lowest quintile in diet, which means that patients that don't have enough of their diet are, uh, will be more likely to be benefited from supplementation. The other negative aspect of most of these studies is that there's no determination of blood, uh, of omega-3 levels in blood. So there, there appears to be, um, if we could link, patients are taking omegas, omegas concentration are raising in their blood, hence the benefits are, are A, B, and C. And we can control these studies in a, in a better manner. And then finally, we have to also understand the, the omega-6 to omega-3 fatty acid ratio. And all of that leads us to understand the, part, the, the patient. We cannot give a general, generalized uh, recommendation. Personalized prevention strategies and multi-domain multi intervention, which means Actually, I was meant to mention this study. There's just been a, a published study that used uh, vitamin D, exercise, and omegas. And when you do multiple uh, a complex intervention like that, um, you have a better, a, a, a positive um, outcome in your intervention. So this study uh, was able to show uh, improvements in in depression. Um, so. It's about not just looking at the one molecule, but about the intervention. Are we improving lifestyle? Are we improving exercise? Are we improving um, sleep patterns? And then many patients, for example, that have cardiovascular disease, potentially and very likely would have low, uh, high cholesterol. But patients that are taking um, drugs to control their cholesterol um, have a, a lower bioavailability for omegas. So probably, we're looking at a, at a study that was giving supplements and they were not being absorbed properly by, by the participants. Because again, they're lipid molecules, they have more uh, difficulty in getting absorbed and hence they don't get into the blood and they don't do their, their benefits. And then you cannot see them in the this, in this study. So I think we have to dissect each study um, to a deeper level to understand that what's happening with the sample, what's happening with, the, with exactly um, the, the participants that are taking the, the supplementation. And then in these patients, not just recommend, of course, I would all just recommend diet and improve um, lifestyle, not, not smoking. Smoking interferes with absorption of certain nutrients, but also uh, in an important percentage of the population to um, include targeted nutrition with supplementation. One of the tests that we do here sometimes is the omega-3 index test. Is that something that you're familiar with and that, they, they, that, that you have any experience with? No, um, not really, Kerry. No, we don't do it here in, in Ireland. Um, they started doing it in Mexico when I, when I finished my, uh, when I graduated, but no, we don't have a clinical application so far. Is that in, in blood, obviously? 
Yes, it's it's the amount of EPA and DHA in in the red blood cells. And I believe it was yeah. developed around 2006 by Bill Harris okay. and, and colleagues. And, and they found that if your omega-3 index is above eight, eight or above, your risk of having a, a heart attack or a cardiovascular disease is much lower than if it's of the percentage of DHA and EPA in the red blood cells is less than say four. Interesting. Very, very interesting. No, I hadn't. Uh, I, I didn't know what the ratio of um, EPA and DHA. I, on, I do know that it is important to measure um, the concentration of EPA and DHA in, in blood, particularly if we want to um, understand the different studies that uh, can claim a benefit or, or, or lack of thereof. Um, yeah, I mean, this test shows if it's less than 4%. Your risk of mortality related to heart disease goes up quite quite a bit, and it's a test that could be done in the U.S. at any of the standard labs. And I believe you could you could order it online uh, from Omega Quant and do it yourself and and send it in. Uh, but that's something that we right. have here in the United, something that we do in the United States. I think that's um, that's excellent in in terms of your your own. Um, evaluation of what's happening with it with you and maybe you can understand how's your diet going um if your nutrition is not good enough then you can you can supplement with uh, with omegas rather than uh, particularly for example it's we you know we eat seasonally so usually summer would be the best month with the best the best season and then winter we are we don't have enough fruits vegetables and there's a lot of uh, meat and um, other type of uh, fest festives that um, parties and that don't allow for a proper diet. So that's one probably we can we can supplement. And that's what I saw in, in my study. Um, we do most of our studies um, with with carotenoids and particularly uh, we use MacuHealth uh, that provides uh, high quality of lutein to something and meat to something and um we saw that this most of our participants will change their diet depending on uh, spring summer or or winter being the the biggest difference in winter and uh summer now, and that one is a key to supplement for example what kind of tests do you run for carotenoids are you running uh, are you running the 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 the, the, the skin test, uh, hand scanner uh, by Pharmanex? Are you running any of the uh, macular pigment tests? Uh, what kind of tests do you run? Do you do uh, research on? So um, we run three main tests, being the the gold standard and the direct most important uh, measurement with uh, serum. So. Um, HPLC, high performance um, liquid chromatography. And that's done in a, in a validated lab um, in, the, in the Nutrition Research Center Ireland, the NRCI run by John Nolan and, and Alfonso Cabrero. Um, so that's kind of the, the um, high, highest quality of evidence for detecting carotenoids in, in human beings. The second one is detecting macular pigment. And uh, we used the uh, uh, dual wavelength autofluorescence with the spectralis from Heidelberg. 
um, to measure macular pigment in the in the retina. And then the third one that we use is a, a generic uh, measurement of cro carotenoids. They may it may they don't the skin scanner um, only, only measures every carotenoid, not just lutein to something and to something. So um, that that's the other technique that we use from Pharmanexia. So that's the hand scanner that you that's use. The hand scanner. And the first one you use is serum. Correct. And how does the serum test? correlate with Heidelberg? It has a very good correlation, actually. Um, we are talking about uh, a medium correlation, which is higher than uh, most of the studies have shown with other techniques, the subjective techniques, particularly flicker photometry. Um, we're talking here about up to uh, 0 0.4 to 0.5 of a correlation with serum and a macular pigment with the Heidelberg spectralis. And obviously we, we have um, developed a, a proper technique to measure uh, the, the macular pigment with the autofluorescence mode. And um, it is consistent throughout every single measurement. I wanna jump back to uh, omega-3s and dry eye for a second, because it was a study that we have to talk about. I know people are gonna, watch this and they're going to say they didn't mention the dream study and i'm not sure if you're familiar with that study but basically it showed there was a big headlines with the dream study that uh omega-3s don't work for dry eyes but they compared it against olive oil and actually it showed that omega-3s and olive oil both help people with dry with dry eyes and that uh they were both they both helped it's just that the omega-3s the, the olive oil was the control. It just then, I guess it wasn't statistically significant above right. the olive oil for the control, but but it, it was a little bit better than the olive oil, but they both actually helped dry eye. And I, you know, being a scientist doing studies, uh, and sometimes they make studies to uh, fail. It, 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 was that a possibility? Is that a possibility? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, um, the fact that it fails doesn't mean that it's a bad thing. On the contrary, the, the, if you prove your null hypothesis, it's, it's a good thing as well. And it's important to declare that, that you've found no effect. And uh, looking at macular degeneration, there's been a number of studies to show that omega-3s could decrease the risk of, of macular degeneration. Uh, is that something that you have any information off the top of your head that you may want to comment on? Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, again, back, back to ARIDS, uh, the, the ARIDS study, the biggest study and most important study for AMD, um, they just published uh, two years ago the ARIDS-3. So that is the um, follow-up of the participants that, have, that, that were in ARIDS-2. And... It, they, they prove that the intervention with lutein antisantin on its own and or the intervention with um, omegas uh, and lutein antisantin reduce the progression of the disease um, and reduce the, the um, severity stages, the, the severe stages of the disease as well uh, with both the HA and EPA. Yeah, and, and ARIDS had a report 30 that showed there was about a 30% less likely right. uh, 
uh, ability, a less likely chance of developing geographic atrophy. Or in geographic atrophy. AMD, and, and, then, and then there was a meta-analysis by Chung in an archive of ophthalmology in 2008. And it was a total of nine studies, uh, over 3,000 patients to show that that it de that omega threes and fish intake decreased uh, progression of macular degeneration by about 40 percent. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, there is no doubt that um, the supplementation with uh, lutein and something and mises or something. And also the supplementation with omegas are really beneficial for uh, AMD in terms of uh, progression of the disease and also for um, severe stages of the disease, like atrophic geography, for example. Right, and, and that, a, that, that nine studies was a total sample of 88,000 people, but over 3,000 AMD cases. So it was a, it was a good study and a meta-analysis to show that it was omega-3s was associated with a 38% or close to 40% reduction of AMD. And eating fish twice a week was associated with uh, fatty fish that have, AMD, uh, that have the omega-3s was associated with a reduced risk of uh, early and late AMD. Uh, and for yourself, a personal question, uh, how much omega-3, do you, do you take omega-3s? And if you don't take it, how much should you take? If you were going to take it, how much would you take? Yeah, that's a very good question. And I'm very lucky, Kerry, that I live in Ireland and I have access to oily fish um, from uh, local uh, oily fish. So I try to have at least twice a week um, oily fish in my, in my dinner. But also during... Um, a certain periods of time, I do supplement with omegas. I make sure that the omega um, is, uh, it, the label is clear enough that specifies that I'm taking both DHA and EPA. I take it for a period of two to three months, and then I kind of let my body rest for another four to five months, and then I, I take them take them again. Because the studies have shown that as, as much as we want, our diet is not is not not enough. The lifestyle that we're living um, is is not enough to achieve the the concentration or the intake that, that we require. And not only for omegas, but for example, carotenoids in in our fruits and vegetables and other uh, compounds like vitamin uh, D, for example. And you do the three to two EPA to DHA. You following that ratio when you're taking supplement, or you're just taking more. EPA or more DHA or, or, or a little bit of both? I think it depends on uh, the quality of the, the supplementation. Um, I, I very focus on that. The, um, both are, are in, I think it depends, Carrie. Sometimes I can take the, the ratio, but uh, sometimes I, I can take one gram of each, one gram of DHA and one gram of, of EPA. And do you take liquid or do you take capsules? Do you think it matters? Yeah, it does matter. Yeah, absolutely. Soft gels are are by far the, the, the uh, have better bioavailability. I can't say by far, but um, there is some studies, there are some studies that have shown um, different bioavailabilities and it looks like soft gels are, are better for absorption.
And how about for, to, there's been some studies to show that omega-3s decrease premature births. How about for pregnant women with the developing brain? Yeah. Uh, if you were pregnant or you're somebody yeah. in your family was pregnant, what would you recommend they would take as for, you know, obviously we're not giving advice to the public. This is, the, the, this is for our discussion, but if somebody in your family was pregnant or uh, your sister, if you had a sister or somebody in your family, a cousin or whatever, and they asked you, how much should I take as somebody that's pregnant? What would you recommend? If they didn't want to take fish because they were afraid of, say, uh, the mercury levels. Mercury contamination, yeah. Um, so first of all, yes, uh, pregnant women, women um, benefit from supplementation. Again, this has to be taken with a, a lot of uh, precaution and, 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 and awareness because um, many medical associations and, and um, strict recommendations haven't been enough uh, to, to prove or to recommend strictly that uh, pregnant women should take um, omega supplementation, such as, for example, folic acid, that is a... Um, daily recommendation for, for pregnant women. Um, having said that, it has been shown that uh, omegas, particularly DHA, is very important for brain development in the, um, in the baby. So to what extent I could recommend a, a ratio two to three or a, a, the dosage of the, the omegas, I wouldn't know, Kerry. And uh, do you have children, by the way? No. Okay. So I was going to say, no, if you had children, what would you recommend? Would you recommend children taking omega threes? Oh, that's a very complicated matter. I think I don't like I don't like children, and I don't like to talk about children. <laughs> no, um, I think children are kind of very delicate. Um, not my area of expertise at all, and I wouldn't like to mention kids because it's always very complicated particularly nowadays that again the lifestyle our diet is not enough and whatever we are eating you know about the devolution theory that it looks like we even though you eat a bowl of salad you are not eating the nutrients that you need from that salad you probably need five salads to make it up for the nutrients that you actually need so and our kids are going through that same um the evolution of nutrients and, and nutrition and their diets and and then on top of that you have all these influence from the food industry to to you know consume processed foods and um, rapid what are they called not not rapid fast foods sorry yes now how long does if you're taking omega-3s how long does it typically take before you think your blood levels will increase where you'll see a benefit, whether it's from dry eye or, you know, for prevention of uh, cardiovascular disease or uh, decrease uh, uh, platelets like aspirin, or uh, you may get, a, may for arthritis, you, you may have <laughs> a little bit better feeling in, in, your, in your joints. How long do you think it, it, it takes for you to actually get a benefit when you start taking omega-3s? Um, again, generally, nutrients have a, a lower, a, a longer term, a longer period uh, to start doing their effects or to, for you to see the effects. 
even um, established drugs and, and therapeutics take long time. So for example, for cholesterol and diabetes, we're, we're expecting a six month period for the drugs to, to do an effect and that can we see an, an impact on the patient's serum, for example. Um, particularly about nutrients, uh, because it's a longer, uh, um, kind of a more elaborate process, they need to be absorbed, they need to circulate, they need to be taken to wherever they need to go, if the eyes or the brain, they need to be metabolized and then they need to accumulate. So it, it is a longer process. And probably we're talking, uh, at least a three months period where you can start seeing uh, some effects. And, and I'd, I'd, I'd like to push it over even to a six month period where you can actually see the, the, the benefits. If, if you are gonna take a blood sample, you're gonna probably see the, the effects or the increase in the concentrations in the first four weeks. Um, and, how about, and how about the story? You know, how do you store omega threes? Because it could go rancid, just like fish. How how would you how would you store it? You know, I, I remember listening to a, a podcast, or before there were podcasts, a lecture by a, a doctor who was talking about omega threes, and they were saying before you take omega threes, if you're taking it in a capsule to smell it, and if it smells rancid, then obviously throw it out and not take it. Uh, you know, obviously, if you're taking a liquid, but you say you like capsules better, but if you're taking a liquid, if it smells bad, like rotten fish, obviously, you're not going to take it. But to actually open it up with a pin just to smell it to make sure it's not rotten, do, do you recommend storing in the refrigerator or the freezer? Sorry, um, Carrie, just to, very quickly there. I, I Did you say I prefer uh, tablets? Well, here we have you no know, capsules. Capsules, like soft gels. Soft gels. Yeah. That is the liquid. Yeah, liquid. Yeah, it's yeah. soft gels. Okay. I'm sorry. It's not no, no, sorry. I meant it's to say that... soft gels. My... No, no, that's fine. Um, but soft gels are liquid. And when you have it immersed in a liquid, any lipidic substance, including carotenoids, for example, is easier to absorb, just to, to have that um, clear there. Back to your question about storage. They the the, the normal recommendations keep it in a in a dark um, fresh space not not hot but but further more than that to to put it in the fridge I wouldn't or in the in the freezer I wouldn't know Carrie is that something that you've you've heard or yeah, typically here we recommend people put it in the refrigerator or the freezer uh, because we don't want it to you know if it, when it gets hot we don't want it to spoil you know, just like putting fish on the counter where it could yeah. go, the oils could go bad, you know, here, you know, parts of the United States, it gets very hot and it could spoil. So we usually recommend to leave it in the refrigerator. And some people recommend in the freezer because if you leave it in the freezer, then it, you'll absorb it later in the digestive tract, more in the gut. Interesting. I, I didn't know about that. Yeah. And then, and then with the uh, soft gel to the, pinprick it to smell it to smell it yes. to smell the to smell the liquid to make sure it's not rancid that's something that you know that typically that will do but you you prefer the soft gel because a lot of people take the liquid they get the, they get a thing of it and they take a li the liquid like and take it that way but uh, that's not something you recommend no i would recommend the soft gels because uh, you bypass the stomach um, and then you you let the omega uh, spread into the intestine where they, where they need to be absorbed. 
whereas, whereas if they start being digested by the uh, uh, gastric acid, then you get less uh, concentrations of the of the omega. So, um, yeah, it is it is recommended that they are protected in a soft gel, that they are diluted in a liquid, like uh, in in the soft gel, and that improves the the absorption of the um, the substance, the oily substance, which can be carotenoids or omegas. That's a great point, and and that to wait for it to get in, and that's why some people freeze it because it waits for it to get into the intestine to be absorbed. Right. Uh, so it, it takes longer for it to be absorbed. So so what what are you working on now? What are some of the projects that you're working on and studying uh, at, at your lab? Um, we have very exciting projects at the moment. We've started two new uh, PhD programs. And they are, one of them is supplementing with um, carotenoids um, provided by, by MacuHealth and Omegas. So, and we're gonna see if they have any um, positive impact on um, athletics. Uh, so these are Olympic athletes uh, in Singapore and particularly in the shooting sport. So we want to see if there's a, we know that there, there has been a few studies done in, in shooting um, because carotenoids improve precision and reaction time and obviously uh, contrasensitivity and all the different properties of, vis of visual function. Um, so we are gonna, uh, we're running a, a randomized clinical trial over nine months in um, shooters and in the military as well. So, um, it, within the, the military, the, the defense, the Department of Defense, um, the military that is in the, the shooting um, department. Oh, excellent. And anything that you might be working on as far as uh, disease? Yes, that's a cross-sectional study. So we are uh, partnering with the National Council for the Blind in Ireland um, to understand the prevalence of these of ocular diseases in um, elderly patients that are re residing in nursing homes. So that's a very nice project in terms of a societal impact because as we know, nursing homes are um, kind of provide the best medical care and even less the, the ideal eye care. But particularly they're in a very complicated moment at the moment where um, we are, the, the population is growing older and uh, they don't have enough resources and potentially most of the residents have uh, ocular pathologies that they are not aware of um, that they can be prevented or corrected and um, we, we want to implement uh, certain strategies or policy changes to help once we understand the different ocular pathologies um, from cataract to uh, posterior pathologies in the posterior segment, such as AMD, for example, or, or the common retinopathies, um, we can help in, in change um, policy for, for this population in Ireland. Oh, fantastic. So uh, uh, I want to thank Dr. Green for joining me today, Dr. Marina Green. People want to find out more about you. How could they do that? Um, well, I'm um, working at the Nutrition Research Center Ireland, and my profile is also in the Southeast Technological University, um, and my LinkedIn as well. 
Thank you. Uh, you're a wealth of knowledge, and I really appreciate you. you joining me today on the Open Your Eye podcast. Thank you very much. Your eyes and your vision are under attack, damaging blue light from the sun. Your phone, your computer, your tablet, even light bulbs and car headlights is constantly bombarding you. The good news is our eyes actually already have a line of defense to counter the effects of blue light. This defense is made up of three pigments called carotenoids. MacuHealth with Micromycel, the only supplement with the exclusive patent on all three macular carotenoids and micromycel technology. The All Eyes Visual VRP is a portable vision testing platform that includes visual fields, acuity, color vision testing, pupillometry, and extraocular motility. The visual leverages virtual reality, artificial intelligence, and augmented technologies to enable eye care providers to test for and monitor common eye diseases. Visit alleyes.com for more information. Fitting multifocal contact lenses presents a big opportunity to meet patient needs while growing your practice. Alcon is your partner, not only with our innovative portfolio, but through e-learning. Learn to enhance your multifocal strategy today with the Alcon Experience Academy. OIE Broadcasting is the emerging leader in social media. We use scientific entertainment to drive more patients into your office. Visit OYEbroadcasting.com and sign up today. Since I bought Safe For You, my dad makes me clean his boat. It's natural y es un buen producto. Every time I go back to school, my mom always makes sure that I have my Safe For You products. I bring extra and my roommates certainly don't mind. It's a good thing I had Safe For You to clean up after this little guy. When my hands get dry, I like to wash them with Safe For You. And most importantly, the reason why I buy Safe For You is because it's safe for me and you.